deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shriekcast, no longer a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I'm your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, here I am. New microphone, new me. How am I sounding? Sounds great. I'm still fiddling with settings. I, I have been in audio hell for so long. Once upon a time, my my wonderful cat, who I love, jumped up and knocked my audio interface over. And something changed, and all of my very balanced settings got moved out of whack. I hadn't written down exactly what all of them were. It's been a mess. And... Then I found out that like a part, a component in there might have busted. So now I'm on just get a new microphone, redo it all from scratch. And here we are. Hopefully, hopefully this is the end of this, the, the the sound quality saga for me because it's I'm, I'm at the end of my rope here. That is a miserable story. I <laughs> I'd quit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deal with that shit. I still have a USB mic, literally the same mic I have been using since day one. I have no interest in upgrading. I'm not dealing with an audio interface or any of those little boxes that you have to plug like multiple things into. Not Mm going to happen. I'd quit. (laughs) I'd walk out. Can't do it. I I, I literally like had a, a moment while I was setting all this stuff up where I was like, Maybe I'll um offer you the old one. <laughs> like maybe I'll see if 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 Liz wants my old setup. Maybe maybe that'd be a nice upgrade. And then I remembered, no, that's probably just going to make your life more miserable. No, so. yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone out there needs a like MX seventy seventy condenser microphone, I don't know. I've got one sitting in a box here. It might still work. I think it does. But yeah, miserable audio stuff. I should really like get better at it because it's my job. But the thing is, like, it's sort of it just feels like dark magic. It just feels like there's no actual way to be uh, consistently good with this stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, um, if anyone wants a a blue Yeti mic from 2010 or whatever, uh, (laughs) you can't have it because this is this is my forever mic. This is the mic for you. That's that. That's the one. Yeah, uh, it, it's honestly served you pretty well. I, I think especially ever since you uh, uh, moved and kind of set up that like little space. Uh, it's been it's been good. It's worked. Yeah, I've got curtains behind me that uh, I think did wonders. We're, we're pretty as far as podcasts go. I think we're not the best sounding, but like we're, you know, there's there's some there's some bad audio out there. And I think we're doing we're doing OK overall. Yeah, well, if anyone's holding out hope that mine's going to get any better, uh, just <laughs> just let that one go. You know, it's been a while since we talked about your Let's Plays and stuff. Ever, you know, uh, speaking of like recording, have you have you done uh, any new ones recently? Uh, so I finished Quest 64, uh, which was a great, terrible time. Mm-hmm. And then I started a Seventh Saga slash Elnard one that I said I would do just like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this. I'm going to do it like kind of when they come out, 
sort of deal. And I haven't mm-hmm. made one of those in a long time. The next one that's like up on the docket is I'm definitely going to do the Super Mario RPG when yeah. it comes out, which I think is like the first or second week in November. So that's coming up. Um, oh, wow, that's like soon. Yeah, it is really soon. And so I was like, do I do like a filler series in between? And I was thinking about doing the Darkest Fairy, the like Neopets PlayStation 2 game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm like, I don't know if I have time before before the Mario RPG one comes out. So I'm on like I, temporary hiatus until November. I have a legit PS2 copy of that if you want it. What? Really? Yeah. That's so cool. Uh-huh. I I've I that was one of the games when I went on my like retro kick uh, uh earlier this year, which I'm still, you know, I'm not not on right now, but but uh, that was one of the ones that I that I got and played a bunch of and that game's all right. It's fun. Nice. Um speaking of Neopets, I do I do have a uh an update on the Grundo's Cafe saga. Oh no. Oh no. Buried in my spam folder. Congratulations, your application to Grundo's Cafe has been approved. Please uh. use the following sign-up code to register. And I was like, oh, thank God. However, this sign-up code can only be used once, and it's meant for only for the person registered with this email. The code will expire in 14 days. And this was sent oh, that July is a, 21st. That's a heartbreaker. My heart is yeah. broken. I'm fucked. I'm so fucked. I wanted. I. I was so excited. I. I. But I just never considered the spam filter. I guess Grundo does sort of seem like a. <laughs> that does sort of sound like a, <laughs> like something you would get in a fake email. But it's such a shame. I'll have to find another way in now. Yeah, I guess so. I um, they like reduce because they used to generate a code every 30 days and Mm -hmm. now i think it's like every 60 or 90 days like they slowed it way down Uh so the codes are few and far between these days maybe i can reply to this email and beg and just be like look gmail thought that grundo was like a penis pill or something i can i can i get in again yeah try it yeah, I'll give it a shot. I, at the very least, I'm glad that it wasn't that they looked at my Twitter <laughs> or something. <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, but uh, how's how's uh, how's Neopets been for you? What's what's the current happenings in in Neo Neopia? Great, we're having a great time in there. Um, <laughs> just, just a good old time. I'm playing my flash game every day for the dailies. I'm restocking the bookshop. I'm uh, I have just saved up enough uh, Neo points to uh, paint my pet. uh, So to give my pet like a skin, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been really torn between uh, fairy, which is very cute. Um, I I have a Terry, uh, which is like the little like prehistoric bird Neo pet. And it turns it into like kind of like a I I don't know, not a parrot. But like a a bird of paradise a little bit. Um okay. or Daragon, which is like the evil scary guys. Yeah. Um, and I can't decide between the two. Um, but what throws kind of a wrinkle into all of this is that it's almost Terry Day, which is the first or second week of November, and typically a new paint like scheme a new skin is released on that day so i'm like waiting until that comes out to see if like it would be a bummer to spend all my neo points and then be like oh a new thing came out that i want more 
Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm playing the waiting game right now. Okay, being patient. That's wise. Um, I just double checked. I was just you know because a, a while back you were telling telling us all about the uh the four million dollar cash injection. Uh-oh, yeah. That Neopets got. And I just I just wanted to check whether John Legend had said anything else about Neopets <laughs> uh-huh. since July 22nd. And uh, no, just that. I swear to God, that was a cameo or something like. It seemed like one, right? Yeah, like the, he has not linked, posted a single other thing about Neopets ever since then. He's not playing Neopets. His kids aren't playing Neopets. It's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lie. I do not believe that. He's busy. He's like, I think he's like the uh, a judge on The Voice or whatever. And he's got, you know, I think he's still releasing albums. Yeah, like he's he's th- he doesn't have time to be to be playing the, the the Neopet stock market. Yeah, yeah. I mean, neither do I. But I stay up too late doing doing my dailies every night. <laughs> yeah, I uh, all the best to Neopets, but I just don't know. I I feel like. That was July that all that happened. I think that $4 million is probably run out by now, if I had to guess. It's gotta be. It's gotta be dwindling. Um, <laughs> I wish that they had put, like, a counter on the website. I want, <laughs> I want Every to dollar the, like, spent accounted yes, for. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just rolling down every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, yeah, we paid a million dollars to John Legend for this, uh... We gave a million dollars to a new crypto guy who's uh, going to make us another open world game. We spent $500 at the DMV advertising department. <laughs> the DMV ads are so crazy. Kind of a genius move. I wonder I wonder if that paid off. I wonder if anybody, if, if one single person at the DMV signed up for Neopets because of that i would love to read that story i would love to know if that if that worked on someone yes that i mean that what a surreal thing to see at the dmv i would yeah. scream it's already bad enough having to go to the dmv but just like like seeing ads there in in general ads at the dmv that that's just a really really dystopian prospect to me but uh seeing a neopets ad there that's just that there, there's something weird about that that just doesn't seem right do we have ads at our dmvs because i think it's a state to state thing does washington have them i don't think so i i really don't think so i i when i don't remember ever seeing an ad at the dmv let me see let me go. maybe we could buy an ad uh washington dmv advertisement can we can we get in on that? A streetcast ad at the DMV. <laughs> Dealer advertising. Nope, that's a different thing. Website advertising. I can't find anything about advertising at the DMV. <laughs> yeah, because Washington State probably doesn't let you for some reason. Because Advertise- they're an enemy of business. <laughs> Jay Inslee, come on. Motor vehicle network. Customized. Oh my god. So I found Motor Vehicle Network, uh, which I it's a digital communications network that reaches everyone. Uh their slogan appears to be Oh, never mind, their website just disappeared. There we go. Uh when you're at the local DMV office, you're watching the Motor Vehicle Network. So are your customers. Catchy. MVN strategically places high-definition flat-screen TVs in DMV waiting areas to educate and entertain customers while they wait. 
Connect your brand with the local community. Engage customers while they wait. I would. <laughs> I've got a phone. I've got a cell phone. I everyone I'm good. does. I I can I can look at whatever I desire. Uh, Do they have I'm audio all... or are they just screens? Can we put a can we put a clip of the Shriek cast at the DMV? <laughs> put our funniest well, clip. We'll we'll put the uh, the slowed down Taylor Swift clip in there and get sued for ten million billion dollars. That's right. <laughs> Uh, for over 25 years, the MVN has been providing customized information and entertainment to DMV customers waiting for services through its digital signage network. Okay, MVN- they're not customers, though. It's like, <laughs> it's it's not, you're not a customer. It's, it's government. <laughs> MVN is more than just having a TV in the Department of Motor Vehicles. Is it? Is it more than that? It seems like it's literally just that. It's exactly that. <laughs> It's having a digital communications network viewed by thousands of DMV customers across America. Thousands? Again, <laughs> also, yeah, thousands, thousands. thousands. This doesn't Hundreds really even. seem worth it. <laughs> Over the years, MVN has consistently proven that when it comes to effective digital signage in a DMV, experience really does make a difference. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that sentence mean? Over the years, MVM has consistently proven that when it comes to effective digital signage in a DMV, experience really does make a difference. What are you talking about? Whose experience? MVN has developed the concept of public-private partnerships at no cost through advertising in a DMV. What what do you mean no cost? Yeah, what do you mean no cost? Hold on. This partnership allows the network to operate at no cost to the state. Oh, I see. (laughs) That's that's good. That's fucking good. (laughs) I would go, that shit insane. (laughs) That was not the case. Viewed in high definition on flat screen TVs, it serves as a communication tool between DMVHQ and their customers with messages designed to expedite transaction time and thus shorten lines. What? How? 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 What? Looking at this ad makes me get my ticket call faster. MVN helps DMVs promote current safety slash state initiatives, changes to regulations, and explain office briefs. Okay, so that's that's all right. That's something. That's better. Uh, but client Wait, is services. This just the people that sell the TVs. But the state would have to buy the TVs. Unique, attentive audience. It's the place in place. Oh, my God. Here's a block quote. It's the place in place-based media that is a lot of primary importance to the marketer. The ability to connect with the community in a specific location and own the space. That's so true. Because of the continuous achievements in digital production and internet communications, place-based media is experiencing an exponential growth in value. The ever-changing lifestyles of consumers, they're going to the DMV. They're going, they're just going... (laughs) They're just going to the DMV. I'm standing in line at the DMV. <laughs> oh, my God. This is crazy. So how much? Yeah, where's a... Uh, interested in learning more about advertising in a DMV office? Submit the form below. Boo, I want a quote. No. I wanna... <laughs> well, I guess I could fill this out later and find out. Yeah, uh, new streetcast quote. Let's see. Let's see what they have. MVM has experience creating targeted advertisements in multiple areas, some of which include automotive, medical, 
restaurants, retail, insurance, and oh, okay, we fall under this category, and much more. And much more. That's us. That's us. We are much more. I'd love to see, like, an example. This has to be the one they used. Newsletter, contact us, about us. I just want to know, like, if there's a, like, sorry, we can't do this in your state thing. (laughs) Or if it's just that the DMV by me has not thought about reaching out yet. Maybe... Maybe it's maybe it's coming. Maybe next time I go to the DMV, I'll be seeing some Neopets ads. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, Neopets fell for this, apparently. <laughs> There's multiple. Oh, my God. Oh, hold on. Here's a different. Here's a different one. This one's called DMV Hub. DMV Hub advertising. Your ad rotates every three to eight minutes. Get multiple impressions for every visitor. Um but there is a pricing. There's pricing oh, on this one. A pricing for impressions. Let it, let's yeah. have it. Let's see. Starting as low as $60 rural uh, rate. I've, I've got $60. <laughs> we can get a 10-second static ad, which they say is, quote, good for solopreneurs. D- duopreneurs. Fi- That's us. <laughs> we're the, yeah, we're duopreneurs. A uh, 15-second motion graphic ad for a budget campaign, and then a 30-second motion graphic ad to make a lasting impression. Hmm. Uh, DMV Hub knows the meaning of value and customer service. Starting at $79 flat fee, you keep the ad for marketing purposes. I'll make the damn ad. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll just do it. That's not a problem. Uh, $60? <laughs> For the static ad, I'll just, you know, crack open MS Paint. If there was was a chance that even one of our listeners would see this ad, I would do it. 100%. If if any of you are going to the DMV anytime soon, and (laughs) (laughs) this would be really, really funny. Uh, 5% – oh, you can get a discount. Oh, if we pay in full, we get 5% off. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10% to 50% off for multiple locations. 13th month free. Okay, I'm not doing 13 months. Wait, I'm, so, I'm so we, we would buy a rural rate 1 DMV location, right? For $60. Yeah. yeah. Um, it looks like we'd have to choose one of the... Is this the only states they have? DMV advertising locations, Western North Carolina, hold on, Western North Carolina, Southwestern North Carolina, the Triad areas, the Triangle areas, Southeastern North Carolina, and Eastern North Carolina. This is just in North Carolina. Any other states? So anyone in North Carolina spending a lot of time at the DMV? (laughs) Maybe. Any of our listeners are are in North Carolina and want to be part of a really funny joke that's just for us and you, uh, I guess let us know and we'll think and about it. And requires you to go to the DMV maybe multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um... That's 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 Neopets and 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 the DMV. Um, I would love to know how's the uh, recital shaping up. Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I it was so abstract to me 
because <laughs> I was sort of ambushed with it on my first session. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, we have a recital, right? And I was like, yeah. haha, okay. Um, but now haha, okay is literally next weekend. Um, it's fine though. Yeah. Any, any new any new tracks any any changes to the set list what's what's it looking oh, like no, right now oh no the set list is set in stone although i've got to say one of the songs is a round right mm-hmm. um and our violist hasn't shown up to practice 3 weeks in a row Ooh. and we can't do a round when one of our parts is the violist who's kind of having some attendance issues yeah that's at that point it's kind of just a triangle isn't it yeah so we might need to strike that one off the list (laughs) oh that's a real shame is that well now is that the one that sucks is that poco poco or whatever you No, i think it also sucks because it's another one that is teaching you Mm. something right this one is like teaching you what a round is and Mm -hmm. two like how to do a long rest right like how to count Uh, your three three bar rest or whatever Mm -hmm. um just let me just let me play the easy classics you know yeah let me let me play some vivaldi or some mozart i don't know yeah 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 well uh i don't know all 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 luck to you on that that's it's gonna be fun i think even if it is viola list perhaps yeah, that would yeah, be a perhaps. shame perhaps three weeks in a row yeah um i think i'm inviting no one um which is like a <laughs> little awkward but it kind of um because uh, it's invite only right mm-hmm. so i think that that sort of raises my mystique right like i showed mm. up one day they were like "Ooh, we're having a recital i'm like oh it's invite only okay and then i show up solo and they're like wow she's so mysterious <laughs> You're you're part of someone's like weird Christmas movie right now. The yeah. the, the, the violinist who saved the recital. Yes. And, and and she didn't invite anyone to her to her recital, but it went so well. It went so well and then afterward she left. We think she went on to join an intermediate group. <laughs> is, is 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 that the plan? Uh maybe. <laughs> Well, hey, that's 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 good. That's progress. Yeah, that is. I'm I'm kind of uh, breezing through what I learned twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> good, I, you know, sometimes you just need a refresher. Yes, exactly. And sometimes, sometimes I just need to pick up the trumpet and go da 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 da. I go, okay, yeah, I can still do that. No, I'm, right. No, exactly. I'm good. No, it was sort of it was sort of a situation where I showed up and could immediately play the songs that they'd been working on for three months, right? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is no no shame on them. I no. feel I feel extremely lucky to have learned how to read music as a kid. Mm-hmm. What a what a lucky thing to have done. Yes. Yeah. That's a that's a fun skill to have. Uh, mm-hmm. I should really brush up on it probably <laughs> i'm i'm really bad at it now i, I Wait, really to. yeah yeah i uh like like i like i know the basics right but like if you put something in front of me i'm gonna have to like double check what all of the um like what all of the little symbols mean right like mm, yeah. like the dotted quarter note perhaps the fermata mm-hmm. the decrescendo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to need I'm you're going to have to like flashcards me some of these, I think, because. All right. All right. Well, our um, violin uh, trumpet duet group, I will (laughs) help drill that. I don't know what kind of music that would be. Yeah, that's that jaunty. Probably that would be like a kind. Yeah, it would be. I I imagine trumpet and violin. That's like the most annoying people on a 16th or a a 17th century like pirate ship or something. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) We'll advertise at the DMV for that. (laughs) Oh, well. Uh, we, we had to take a little break, uh, uh, from recording last week, not because I didn't have anything to, 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 to say about the chapters, but because there was like insane wall shakingly loud roadworks happening next to me. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of champing at the bit to get to this reading. Are, do you, do you think we should uh, hop in and start talking about our chapters? Yeah, let's do it. I'm taking... A beat because my summary is so long. I don't know why it's so long. Okay, here we go. Uh, chapter 10. If we remember from last week, uh, Katniss uh, has run into someone dressed in a peacekeeper uniform uh, while she's in the, the woods outside of that like old house that's in the ruins. Uh, but the, the woman in the peacekeeper uniform has gone like, no, no, I'm on your side and holds up the the biscuit or whatever she has with the Mockingjay stamped in it. Uh, so jumping into chapter 10, Katniss has the stranger at, gu- at sorry, not gunpoint, bow point. Um, and there is another new person. Uh, the two women insist that they are on her side and reveal that they have run away from District 8 and are on their way to District 13. Katniss reacts with disbelief because D- District 13 was blown off the map 80 years ago by the Capitol. Uh, But Katniss decides to trust them and follows them into the house and they tell their story. Their names are Twill and Bonnie, and they worked in a factory in District 8 making peacekeeper uniforms, hence the stolen ones that they are wearing. Uh, Discontent in District 8 had been growing ever since Katniss's win in the Hunger Games. Uh, In the textile factories where they worked, they were able to organize a resistance. It was Bonnie and Twill's job, along with their families, to get word out uh, out of their district once the uprising had begun. The plan was for a coordinated attack and takeover of key facilities in the district. Uh, For instance, the railroad, the granary, the justice building, etc. The night that Katniss got engaged on TV, the citizens were required to be out in public to watch, which was the perfect cover for them to all take their places and launch their assault. The peacekeepers were caught completely off guard and were overwhelmed. The rebels seized their uh, key locations, uh, but then the capital showed up and it took about 48 hours to subdue the city with their superior forces, weapons, and technology. The district was put into lockdown for a little while before it was opened back up. It was only by happenstance that Twill and Bonnie were away from the textile factory when it was bombed by the Capitol and their families were killed. Bonnie suspected that it was bombed because of the because the idea for the uprising started there. Uh, they ran away from the district, hoping to go to District 13. They believe that the people of District 13 are actually still there, just moved underground. Their proof is that when the Capitol shows the irradiated ruins of District 13 on TV, they are using the same footage every time, as evidenced by a mockingjay that flies by in the same spot every time. They assume because District 13's expertise was nuclear energy that the Capitol leaves them alone. Katniss has a big think about District 13, wondering if she should go there. 
then she gets mad at the secret city of nuclear-capable people for leaving them to suffer under the capital's rule. That makes her snap back to her senses and realize that the whole thing is completely delusional. Katniss leaves Bonnie and Twill with all the food in her pack and then returns to the fence to go home. Only now, the fence is electrified. Chapter 11. Katniss knows that Romulus Thread, the head peacekeeper, must be trying to catch her having snuck out into the woods, so she knows that she has to go back in and act like nothing happened. She climbs a tree and then falls really far on the other side of the fence and hurts herself really bad. Uh, She limps home to, as predicted, find peacekeepers looking for her to tell looking for her to tell her something. She knows that she needs cover, uh, so she had stopped and picked up some bandages and some candy for Prim on her way home. Gritting her teeth and acting like she's not in pain, she does a long routine of a story about having been on an errand for Prim who catches on immediately and goes along with her. Even Hamish and Peta get in on it, all corroborating her story. The peacekeepers try to look in her bag for anything from the woods, but all they find are the peppermints and bandages. The peacekeepers' plan has been defeated, so they explain that they came by to tell her that the electric fence is going to be on full-time from now on. Katniss's mom helps Katniss with her broken foot. Um, A few days go by while Katniss is healing. She does another big think about what to do next. She spends a lot of time with Peta, and they peacefully fill out a family guidebook that Katniss has, where she and her dad had recorded botanical knowledge and survival skills and stuff, uh, and Peta is helping her with with the drawings. Uh, Katniss has voluntarily begun watching TV in the evenings and finally sees what she's been waiting for. The Capitol runs a story on a graphite shortage and shows a reporter in a protective suit in District 13 saying that unfortunately the district is too irradiated to go there. But sure enough, Katniss sees the Mockingjay and realizes that the reporter is green screened into the shot. That is the end of our chapters. This one is such a weird mix of, I think, some of my favorite stuff this series has done, and I think some of the goofiest shit that this series has had so far. Oh, it's goofy. It's like, this isn't like a a significant thing, but just speaking of of goofy, uh, new favorite Hunger Games originated seller door phrase here, my bird baked into bread. Bird baked (laughs) into Bird baked into bread. My bird baked into bread. Say that five times fast. My bird baked into bread. Mm. So, hey, at least they weren't uh, good peacekeepers. Yes. Thank God for that. Yeah, that that was a a, a relief. I, I really like this whole opening bit. I think that the Bonnie and Twill stuff is interesting and maybe some of the more incendiary, like rhetorically, uh, uh, stuff that this book has like attempted so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love their like their plan. I love I love the 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 like you know squirreling away pieces of armor bit by bit. All that stuff is great. I think the th- primary issue I was having with it reading this as soon as I started reading the next chapter last week was that this is the pensive again it is the pensive again we are we are we are so locked in on Katniss as the sole POV character that we have to have this really interesting story to us sort of relayed in second person after the fact and it's such a bummer I would have loved to have either gotten this through dialogue or just had a flashback yeah it makes it unfortunately a little boring to read Regardless of the content, I suppose. 
Yeah, it's it's a moment that should be, I think, really exciting and and like intense, right? I mean, like the story that's being described is so visceral and like engaging, but it is in this really sort of detached, dispassionate, like, and then this happened and then this happened and and they told me that they did this. And it's like, I, I don't know whether the intent here was to make it feel like really depersonalized and matter of fact, but this is a moment. This is such a big moment, not just for like these characters, but for like where the hunger Games story is rhetorically, like hearing about, finally like an actual rebellious act that i was like ah, i would have loved some more passion here maybe mm-hmm. yeah totally um if we couldn't see it in more detail like if we couldn't change our pov would you <laughs> have rather had it be an actual conversation between katniss and and these people where they explain to her and she reacts to what they're saying i think so like especially because these are new characters mm-hmm we we actually like last chapter i think we got a similar scene where like we sort of dip out of the moment to just have katniss explain to us like me and pita told haymitch our idea right and that i think was okay because i know what haymitch is like and i can sort of imagine right. that conversation harder to imagine that with two characters i just met who have said like three sentences a piece yeah I have no impression of them whatsoever. I know that one is older and maybe lost her husband and then one is younger and they're a teacher and student is what right. I gathered. Yeah, I remember that now. Which is cool. I I, I think that that's a that's a cool relationship, but I, I, like like an interesting pair to be traveling and like working together. Hang on a second. Yeah. Student where? Textile school? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So <laughs> So <laughs> they work at the textile factory and then after that they go to textile school where one of them teaches and one of them is a student? Yes, I think so. I I, I <laughs> just checking. <laughs> Public school's never going away. Public oh. school, public school is in the bedrock of of this country. Even if it's if even if it's Pan Am now, right? That could that could never go away. That could never happen. <laughs> yeah, huh? But but yeah, it's like it's a it's it's one thing to like gloss over a whole conversation if it's not a conversation that needs to be had. But I think when you have new characters bringing you shocking new information, I do consider that a necessity. This isn't Katniss bringing them up to speed. This is them bringing Katniss up to speed. I want to hear about it, right? Right. But uh, I, I, I admit I was like surprised at how like explicit it felt and how, for as sort of like proseless as it is, or 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 just like matter of fact as it is, I did think that there is a great line closing it out where it's like, you know, forty eight hours later they said we had to get back to work. Everything right. had to go back to normal, and that just feels so like quintessentially american so much like okay well we've put the union strike down you you still need to work for us right so that that was a little bit of flavor in there but yeah i was mostly just left like man we finally got to like the uprising and we had to hear about it sort of 
like this. I, 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 I was a little touch disappointed in that, even if I do think the content itself is like pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, what did you think of the bit where Katniss was like teaching them survival skills and like commenting about how like because they're from the city, they, they couldn't possibly know anything? I'm just did you- it's just she's like teaching them how to be hatchet in the woods, which is fine. Did you did you like the reveal of solar laser weapons in that segment? Yes. <laughs> what is going on there? Great question. Solar laser weapons, clearly. This is a this is a like major maybe the most major tech reveal in the in the story yet other than like invisible hovercraft. She's got a weapon that if necessary can convert solar energy into deadly rays of power that could last indefinitely. And yet they still make them mine coal. The cruelty knows no bounds. <laughs> Indefinite. And I have to imagine, this is the sunglasses bit again. I have to imagine. The gun with no ammo? The, the or I gun, guess indefinite ammo? They're going to power a generator with it or something. It's going to have to be something like that. Because what a bizarre thing to include out of nowhere. Right, Yeah. That just seems like an out of place artifact. Like even in this world that has like hovercrafts and stuff like uh, Bonnie has like a normal gun, I think, too. Are there normal guns or do they all have blasters, do you think? Uh, hmm, that is a really good question. We, I guess we've never really gotten a good grasp on that. Like we know that the Hunger Games has weapons, but they're all like melee weapons, right? Yeah, I mean, that'd be funny if like the modern weapons in the world are all like blasters and like laser guns but for like one of the hunger games they just gave them like like someone got a revolver yeah someone yeah. got a musket ooh yeah there you go game design right there mhm um no one's gotten shot yet i don't think in this story so no just the just the people in district 12 that were the like guy who started but we didn't see anything oh oh actually no you're right okay no they have normal guns for sure because oh car backfiring exactly yeah they say it sounds like a car backfiring that yeah that's a gun so so they do have just normal ass handguns in that scene maybe it's like um you know how like your phone camera makes can make a camera sound maybe it's like that (laughs) The, the guns have to make a (laughs) have to make a normal gun sound yeah (laughs) that is exactly the sort of like damn really makes you think satire that keeps cropping up every now and then in this book that's right yeah that that is that is so perfect that is (laughs) that is that 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 is like right up there with like and they purge all their meals not because they're mentally ill though it's just because they're greedy or whatever <laughs> like it's exactly <laughs> that's not canon but i'm choosing to believe it is. <laughs> I, I i think i think this is such a great example of like exactly what it is that's rubbing me the wrong way about this chapter which i like there's plenty i enjoyed here but the wild swings in this in this pair of chapters between the unflinching like matter of fact uh, account of like resistance and violence at the beginning to they have a magic laser gun and 
Katniss, <laughs> Katniss does a who's on first routine with a couple of Star Wars stormtroopers is like, it just doesn't work for me. No, it's wild. Katniss walks back into her house, right? And she's been anticipating this. She knows because the electric fence was on that they're trying to catch her, right? So she's like, oh, they're going to be looking for me. Or rather, they're going to look to see that I didn't come home because that means that I will have been in the forest and couldn't get back in because the fence is, like, electrified or whatever. And she walks on in with her bandages and candy in her bag and is like, hey oh everybody, I just brought my Prim's goat around because they were trying to breed the goat, but Prim told me uh, to go to the wrong place. And then Prim immediately is like, Katniss, I told you it's on the west side of town. You went on the east side of town. <laughs> and then Haymitch is like, haha, Katniss always uh, hears the wrong thing. And and Katniss's mom is like, haha, she sure does. Um, and they all just like do this weird comedy routine where the and the peacekeepers are like, ah, drat. Um <laughs> too bad our our plan didn't work uh just so you know the electric fence is gonna be on from now on and then they leave yeah another great example of the weird way that the like evil fascists have to keep getting owned by the rules in this story <laughs> so if if it's obvious that they were there expecting, fully expecting her to get caught out by this trap. And she does this stupid routine that like, like a, a baby could spot, right? Like, like just, just full on vaudeville shtick here. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, oh, okay, well, I guess we can't do anything about it. Like they, they're holding guns, like either normal guns or laser solar guns, maybe. I'm not sure, but like. They hold all of the power in that scene still. And I don't understand why this goofy little comedy routine is enough to get Katniss out of it. And like, like if, if we accept the story's premise here that all of the 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 aw shucks, nice peacekeepers got replaced with like these new jackbooted guys like, are they still really stupid? Like, like, I, <laughs> I, I, it's like, or even if they were like, they can be stupid. They can be really easy, easily manipulated, but they like, they still have guns. They're still the cops. They're still like, like cops are pretty fucking dumb and they still make everyone's lives, lives miserable. I just don't, don't get this like bizarre adherence to the rules. There's even a, an aside about how like, Katniss thinks about how like oh uh Thread is gonna need to get like a warrant or whatever is he right it's stuff like this that just ends up making the story feel more naive than I think it really is because 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 like there's some pretty like specific very interesting very sobering portrayals of like resistance and retribution like in this chapter but then we get to Katniss's end of it, and it's just Star Wars. It's it's just TK421, why aren't you at your post, all of a sudden. Right. Which is fine. Like, that's fun, too. I love camp. But, like, doing... Like, we, we start this chapter with someone, like, explaining 
the plot of the Battle of Algiers to Katniss, and then a scene from Star Wars plays. And it's like, right. those are both really good stories about violent uprising, but they're also like both incredibly consistent in tone in a way that doesn't like diminish the message in either direction. Whereas he, doing both at the same time just feels goofy. It just feels flippant and kind of tasteless, I think. Yeah. I really question President Snow's plan. Cause like, are we supposed to believe that Snow installed this like new like police group over the district and is like, he's like, okay, we'll get her, but you have to get her on the real rules because otherwise people are going to think she, I, I just, I don't get the plan. Right. Especially when also the, the other big reveal in this chapter uh, is the thing about the, the district 13 footage being faked or repeated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which like, We'll put a pin in that because that's like a whole separate discussion. But like just taking that uh, and its connection to this plan, it shows that the capital is willing to lie and mm-hmm. and cheat and and do whatever they want with impunity because they hold all the cards. So it's weird that in this situation, Katniss is managing to weasel out of stuff against a a a a foe that is 100% willing to do that. Canis has this observation about like oh you know maybe they're going to have to get me on another warrant maybe you know they're going to have to to get me on this plausible thing of uh of 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 saying like oh well she was out illegally and then came back and oops the fence was turned on guess that's what happens when you know uh, like 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 they're trying to like <laughs> they're trying to like road runner her right like, <laughs> uh-huh. when it's like there are two heavily armed soldiers in in the room uh, what is stopping them from going going bang 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 you're all dead uh they were all outside they right. could just lie there's there and and like that that's that's the thing that gets so frustrating about this story is that like it like touches on things that are true, which is that like fascist powers lie to get what they want and will do basically anything that they feel like. Just that <laughs> also, also they're really stupid and can be like well actually out of up to a point. Right? It's just very confusing. It's it's very confusing. Yeah, I mean, even if they just wanted to arrest her for whatever reason, to make an example, to be able to trot her out and say, oh, she did this crime or whatever, it's like, okay, we arrest you for being in the woods. Well, I wasn't in the woods. I've got bandages. Uh, yes, you were. Yes, you were. Yeah. We're not stupid. You're, you guys are doing a comedy routine. Right. Also, Katniss knows that they know that she was outside because she she does the, like thing that she always does in these books which is ask you book report questions to bring you up to speed on the plot right like the <laughs> oh are there cameras in the woods is that how president snow knows about my kiss with gail etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's like yeah probably yeah they also probably don't give a shit if you were in the woods or not the cops would never plant evidence on someone they yeah. would never need evidence like come on i hesitate 
to call it naive, even because I'm like, I think that the other half of the story, the 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 segment about the um the District Eight uprising, shows that like the author did some research. I think. I just I I think that this is a case of like because it's a YA novel and because it has to be palatable to the publisher and like a, a young audience you you have to find the places to inject that stuff um and weave it into the story and I think that it just for whatever reason just isn't finding the right places to be serious or or right. finding ways to weave that serious commentary into a fantastical setting and that's like tough to do i i, I certainly don't think that that's just like a you know push button make story better solution but it, it just feels like i'm reading two different books so often right and i also um think it is worth pointing out that obviously they're not going to show up and arrest her because they can and they are we're living in a fascist police state because then the story would be over right like that that is true like i don't have any expectation that would happen but if we are going to have this sort of like uh si- like if it's going to be silly come up with some silly reason that like snow doesn't want her to be arrested right yeah the the the, the thing is is that the capital keeps being shown uh, as both incredibly weak and incredibly strong whenever it's convenient for the story it's 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 weird how bumbling they are and also how all powerful they are and like this is fairly common for like especially i think 2000s era political satire right where it just like it can't decide what it wants to say about like George W Bush right like is is he uh, just a stupid guy or is he doing evil stuff on purpose because he's evil like 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 it's it's a it's a it's an issue that like a lot of media has to sort of grapple with with this kind of thing but it 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 sticks out so badly here i think because the swings are so extreme between sobering realistic portrays portrayals of state violence versus characters being able to like talk to the cops like they're Elmer Fudd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you can there's a middle ground, I think, there where you can like like I brought up Star Wars. Like Star Wars is insanely fucking campy is about pretty much the same things, right? But because the whole thing has that storybook vibe, it never feels flippant or like naive about it. It's like this is using the language of fantasy to talk about relatively uh uh, sobering you know tough tough stories whereas this is just like it the entire thing just swerves every time it needs to do one or the other and it's just like really really jarring yeah i I think it's just sort of a bad scene i i think like it's really hard to say this without knowing what's going to happen but where we are at in the story i feel like this could have easily been resolved by katniss acknowledging that the police could arrest her at any time and don't need any excuse to do so so why aren't they why aren't they arresting me and why is president snow sending me wedding dresses right then it's a mystery yeah 
that's a good some some sort of like why what's the catch mm-hmm. yeah that 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 stuff that stuff is weird it's just a goofy scene the characters also just don't feel like the characters here no like prim prim is like six yeah like <laughs> doing doing a like yeah like prim, prim is super young i we haven't really heard that much dialogue from her at all i think this is maybe the most we've heard her talk in the whole series so far mm-hmm. And it's and it's in service of this of this like goofy Ocean's Eleven bit. Um, hey, Mitch, like, would he be sober enough for this at this point in time? Right. It seems like almost like he would be more likely to mess it up because he's drunk. It seems like Prim is doing like a full house Mary Kate and Ashley routine where she's like <laughs> the little kid that like says something really clever, but doesn't like understand. Like, it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, you could maybe even do this exact scene just a little more elegantly. Like if it's Katniss first, then her mom catches on, then they like coach Prim. Maybe Hamish tries and like almost blows it, but ends up not mad. There's a way to do this, I think, that maybe builds some tension rather than it feeling like a comedy routine. Mm -hmm. So silly. It, It actually got me to go and look up some interviews with Susan Collins, um, these chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to be like too cynical about this cause we haven't finished the book yet, but like, there's a really interesting quote here that like goes into more detail about the reality TV comparison thing. Mm-hmm. In an interview with Scholastic, Susan Collins also explained how war and violence connect to her concerns regarding reality TV. She said, The Hunger Games is a reality TV program, an extreme one, but that's what it is. And while I think some of those shows succeed on different levels, there's also the voyeuristic thrill of watching people being humiliated or brought to tears or suffering physically. And that's what I find very disturbing. There's this potential for desensitizing the audience so that when they see real tragedy on the news, it doesn't have the impact it should. It just all blurs into one program. And I think it's very important, not just for young people, but for adults to make sure they're making that distinction. Because the young soldiers dying in the war in Iraq, that it's not going to end at the commercial break. It's not something fabricated. It's not a game. It's your life. Huh. Yeah. Kind of approaching this... Uh, the opposite way I thought here. Right. Uh, she went on to answer a question about how teachers can help children be more aware of the media they're consuming. The first distinction is what is real and what is not. I've written for children's TV for a long time and very young children don't have the capacity to distinguish. Uh, but as kids get older, you have to sit down with them on a case by case basis and say, you know, this is a game and this is made up and make sure they understand. Then this is news footage. This really happened. So the children understand someone getting voted off of a reality show is not the same thing as a tsunami. Is this a problem we're having? <laughs> That's an extreme example, but they have to know it that it's not just stuff that happens in this box and it's contained and you can turn it on and off. That there's real life occurring that doesn't end when the commercials roll. So like there's a possibility that she's just tailoring this to like whatever interview she was part of there, but I do find it very interesting that the way she's describing it there feels like the war and revolution metaphors are there to serve the core point about like you got to know what's real on TV versus the opposite way around. Right. Right. I'll have to, I'll have to do a think on that one. Yeah. I was, I was just so surprised to see it laid out that explicitly. And it does make me 
question, or at least it sits in the back of my mind whenever we get to the very political stuff in this book, because it it unfortunately kind of makes me wonder slash worry that maybe this is all rather tastelessly deployed in in the service of this weird thing about like i don't like reality television which is totally valid but like it's just just framing it that (laughs) way around is so weird right right you're pulling from some very loaded imagery to complain about uh kids playing halo and thinking the news is the same i don't know i'm very interested in in where the rest goes yeah speaking of what's on tv is not real do you want to take us into our like other big revelation this chapter sure it's it's so weird the capital just keeps running these stories on district 13 they keep um having little news alerts such as there's a graphite shortage ah but too bad look at this reporter in this like protective suit in the irradiated district 13 we still there's new reports we still can't go there because it's too irradiated um anyway back to you guys um uh but it turns out that every time they show the footage of district 13 there's a bird that flies over the camera at the exact same spot every single time they've been reusing the same footage for the last 80 years that seems like a problem for the capital propaganda department i have to say it seems like a big mistake yeah, this is this is this is the stuff that got me to go double checking about like which way round is the is the reality TV metaphor supposed to be here because when I was reading this I was like, "Hang on. What are we touching on here?" Right. At first blush, and I do not think that this is actually what this is about to be clear, but but it was it was my like gut reaction when I got here. Was it like this is this is taking place in the in the early 2000s or, or you know, this is being written uh, in, in the early 2000s, 2008, 2009. The I think the main like American media related false flag narrative was like arguing about 9-11 conspiracy theories. Right. And I was going reading that like (laughs) that's interesting i don't know what to make of this but it gets more complicated by the fact that one i like we have the 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 quotes from from the author about about you know reality television and 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 determining what's real and what's and, and what's and what's a story and whatnot and the fact that this is all about hiding a district that may or may not have weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was like, oh, is that what is this a reference to the, you know, the big lie that uh, uh, got America into uh, Iraq and Afghanistan in the first place? A timely ish takedown of, of that uh, particular like media firestorm. But then I was like, so I was like, okay, that that's probably makes more sense. That that seems a bit more in line with like what a liberal author in the two thousands would be writing about. But then I was like, but hang on. It certainly sounds like the answer here is that district 13 does have nuclear weapons. That's right. 
so I am back to square one in what is this trying to say? I think it's a fun clue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so stupid. Like, I don't know what it is trying to say, right? That is, like, beyond my wildest imagination. But I <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm watching... Do you remember the show Ghost Rider? Yeah, yeah. Where it was, like, it was, like, encouraged you as the kid watching to, like, write down the clues. And there was, like, the, the group of teens, like, solving mysteries. And there were, like clues this feels like a clue in a kid's television show and i think yeah. that's really fun it's such a this is such a like moment capital m moment that like i have to admit i had a lot of fun with this even if it is like logistically bizarre it puts the story in such a weird place um and also i have so many questions about where the fuck things are going because it certainly sounds like like if district 13 is real and they're lying about what's there and it's it's like this underground city that Bonnie and Twill are trying to get to it certainly sounds like it is plausible that they do have some sort of deterrent against the capital fucking with them so if we're doing the like the the evidence that uh, uh, Saddam had WMDs was was fabricated thing why is it over the district that seems like it? They might. I just <laughs> at this point, it almost just feels like random popcorn stuff from the news getting shoved in every which way, regardless of like what it's connected to. It realize just very for for an author who, in that quote, seems so concerned with like uh, separating what's fact from what's fiction. Difficult to to look at this and go like oh you didn't know what you were doing here mm -hmm. i don't i just don't know it's just very it's so very interesting to me I i'm sorry but i must plead the fifth here because this is the one spoiler <laughs> about hunger games that i do oh, no. know so okay, i cannot okay. say what i cannot say one way or the other okay okay very very strange and and, and fun mechanically but why does the capital keep running these news stories that huge really mistake. does yeah huge huge mistake like this isn't a case where it's like oh you know the the capital is constantly scrambling in this like conflict that's going on and, and they fucked up and made a mistake it's like you've had 80 years and you have hovercrafts you don't have like <laughs> you guys don't have like unreal engine or something if you need to fake this yeah. I mean, it would be one thing I, I'm I'm reimagining the Hunger mm -hmm. Games where mm -hmm. the idea of a secret city in District 13 is like a fairy tale that mm -hmm. people like it's like, oh, kids believe that. And Katniss goes, there's no District 13. Nobody believes that anymore. Right. Like only kids believe that that exists. And it's yeah. like, no, it's true. Uh, the bird in the in the footage or whatever. Like that could be cute. Right. But I'm like, otherwise, it's just like. The Capitol has no reason to try to, like, disprove anything. Or, like, why don't they just say there were reports? I don't know why they keep showing this footage. Yeah, it just seems like you would stop talking about it at that point. Or, like, at least make up some new footage. It's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's a storyline that, like, exists solely to get this clue into Katniss's hands, you know? Mm hmm Which is, like too bad i guess because again like are you telling me that like nobody noticed this until now 
80 years, people didn't spot this. Right. Although I guess maybe there's a chance. Do you think that we're going to find out that the Mockingjay thing is like totally coincidental? Because I know I know that like Katniss is like vaguely alluded to it being like the first wars uh, uh, rebel symbol, right? Like the the, the big fight. But are we going to find out that like the resurgence of the uh, of the Mockingjay symbol everywhere has nothing to do with her, but has to do with this, you know, and that like this has been there's like a network of people who are getting people into the the underground city. Maybe we using, you know, bake, cool. bake, my, bake my bird in the bread type shit. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, that that's an angle yeah. I could see, at least like maybe maybe Katniss is figuring this out for herself, but. Not the first one, right? Right. Yeah. Or I guess you know she'd be like the second because Bonnie Bonnie believes this story too. But like may, maybe this is just a, like an established uh, uh, whisper network, like like clue that the resistance has been seeding for a long, long time over the eighty years. I mean, I guess it must be because because Bonnie is like it has been the same footage for as long as anyone can remember. So that means that it has been talked about yeah. amongst some wider group of people. Yeah. God, just another thing that makes me wish that we had gotten like a real scene with, with Bonnie there. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. um, rather than, than it all in second person. Cause I would love to get a little more flavor uh, about like what the, what the district eight stuff was like. But again, like that that thing that they're fleeing, that 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 uprising that got quashed, that was like days ago in the story, right? right. So like when did people figure this out, I guess, is is the is right. the bit I'm curious about. Uh, yeah, I just I would love to know what the actual inspiration for this was. Um you had an observation about that, I think, right? About like that uh, that it's um it feels very similar to like the jokey, like, haha, isn't, isn't North Korean propaganda so dumb stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It does remind me of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that I, I was thinking about the North Korea thing specifically because it is so hard to sort of nail down Pan Am's government and what like flavor of evil it is, right? And, the way that North Korea was talked about in the 2000s especially was, like, not very interested in nailing down any kind of flavor of evil, but it was just, like, pointing and laughing at how stupid it looked. Yeah. Every movie and video game in this era, the enemy was North Korea, and it was never out of any real, like, ideological bent other than, like, this is someone that we can villainize without really getting in trouble Mm -hmm. Not saying that there's nothing you could criticize North Korea for, obviously, but, like, it was so often treated as just, like, a joke. And, like, a very bipartisan joke, too. I mean, I remember, like, so many Jon Stewart and Colbert North Korea jokes, right? Yeah, there's a super weird guy, and he makes really stupid propaganda. Like, did you hear that he said that he met a unicorn? Uh, and that's the kind of propaganda they put out. Can you believe that they put the same footage of the irradiated District 13 uh, to to the people of North Korea over and over again? And you can see the same bird fly across. Like, that's that was sort of the the tone, right? Who is North Korea in this situation? Is it Pan Am? Because it seems like it 
might be the other way around that they're scared that district 13 has the weapons so right it's just all over the place just 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 pure pick and mix uh hot button news items is kind of what it feels like it can paint itself as a, a story about like injustice in america but it never really says the words and it really does end up feeling like it is just a, a a sort of a like story being told with with a flashlight under the chin you know <laughs> yeah it feels frivolous and and sort of empty calories at the moment and mm-hmm. just just sort of swerving between different shocking images to to provoke a response like wow could you what if this happened in america right there's plenty of room for it to like pull out of that, you know, and, and to do something more interesting. But but like right now, I, I just just am I'm sort of at a low point in my like assessment of its like metaphor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anything else from these chapters? It was cute that Peta's drawing pictures for her book. Oh, yeah, that is actually a really cute scene. Peta getting some boyfriend points, I guess. Just, just some, just some characters hanging out stuff. I thought that was really sweet. Char- yeah. Hunger Games is so much better at those moments than than the political ones at the moment. It feels like. Yeah, yeah. Not, not much to say there. I thought it was cute. I just, uh, we had to check in with the love triangle, right? No, Gale. I assume he is arrested somewhere. This chapter, these chapters are called the Quell. By the way, we're in this segment called the Quell, so we are. Get- it seems like we are ramping up to. A Hunger Game. No. <laughs> Damn it. Although we're running out of space. We're halfway through the book or so. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe. That's true. That's true. Maybe there's hope. Or maybe it'll just be shorter. Maybe it'll be like Quidditch and it's shorter every time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, do you want to open some packs? Yes. Effie is in there. I know it. I We need Effie so fucking bad. Okay. Pack number one. What have we got? Peta and Katniss, the same clove character card we've gotten many, many times. Uh, the middle frame from the poster card, a Thresh scene card, another Mrs. Everdeen character card, and a Katniss and Gale scene card. No Effie. They are, Ooh. they are, they, they are trying to, they're trying to wear us down. Yep. But I, I will not be tricked. We're, we're gonna find her. All right, number two. Katniss Everdeen scene card, the fucking cornucopia once more. No. <laughs> uh, the Primrose Everdeen character card, Fox Face scene card, Marvel character card, Root. Ah, more, more ones that we have have already. Um, on to pack three. I'm, I'm not lingering on this. I'm, I'm. How are I'm, there ones we don't? Have? How are they're not? How do we not have Effie? them all? <laughs> I should get the checklist card out. Yes. Uh, uh, and and double check, but like Effie Effie character card is like one of the of the few that we are missing. I think uh, Seneca Crane character card we've had that Clove scene card didn't have that Primrose Everdeen scene card poster card we already have uh, Marvel character card and the same Ruka we're some I'm, I'm speaking of conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. What if what if these have been you know what if box these have mapped? been box mapped yeah. What if what if we've been been taken for a ride here? They took all the rare effies out. Damn it. All right, pack number three. 
Poster card. Katniss and Gale. President Snow scene card. Gale Hawthorne. And then two more. Oh, hey, we have the whole poster now. That's something. Wait, really? Yeah, we've got the whole poster, I think. Let's go. Hold on. Let me. <laughs> We're <laughs> let rich. Me, me... We're going to use our riches to yes. buy some ads at the DMV. <laughs> I will have to double check, but I am 99% sure we now have the full poster. So another feather in our cap. We got two out of three things that we were after. We've got the President Snow character card. We've got the poster. But no Effie. No Effie so far. You want to do one more? Yeah. Ooh, we do have a uh, character card here. It okay. is Gale. Did we not have a Gale? I don't think we had Gale. Katniss's best friend and District 12 hunting partner, Gale has a strong presence throughout the district and has the ability to relate to Katniss on an umpre. We did have that. We I did, I remember yeah. the sen- I remember the phrase <laughs> relate to Katniss on an unprecedented <laughs> level. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Uh Foxface, another poster card. Gale Hawthorns. These are all scene cards. Cato and Glimmer. Ooh, one new one though. We do have a rare one. It's not one we were looking for, but we've not seen this one yet. Uh Uh-huh. Transport ship. Transport ship. What's it look like? (laughs) Uh, It looks like a bus. It looks like... It looks like like a school bus that they put gamer chairs in. Um, Wow. Every time I look at these cards, I'm like, that's what the movie looks like? That's... Huh. Huh. How how odd. Not what I would have gone for, I guess. But Yeah. Well, you have to send me a picture of the poster. Yes. I we will can, I we will... can fight over who gets it. <laughs> well, the thing is it's just cards and it's not like we can like put them together. We'd have to like get them laminated to get them as an actual poster. Um, <laughs> but uh, you should probably have it. It could go up it could it could hang next to the Snape jersey, maybe. No, you sh- you can have it. It's all right. <laughs> Oh, you shouldn't have. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> oh. Um, she's in there somewhere. I refuse to believe that that giant box of cards I bought does not have Effie Trinket in it. Right? But uh I will I will refrain from 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 opening more packs this week. Shall we take it to the close? Yeah. All right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp. Just realizing that I might need to start saying something different there soon, given what's going on with Bandcamp. Um, you can find us at patreon.com slash shriekcast. And Liz, what will we be reading next time? Oh, I think we'll be reading chapters 12 and 13. Let's all pray. That that doesn't involve a new Hunger Games starting. Uh, but in, just in case it does, happy Hunger Games. Happy Hunger Games. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady in there, makes ocean raw seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.